Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. You got Brian here. And we got Jeff. Tyler, you sound pretty uh, <coughs> energetic this morning. Do I? Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> this week, we're talking about the 1982 classic fantasy Sword and Sandals flick Conan the Barbarian, directed by John Milius, um, with uh, a script by Oliver Stone and John Milius, but then Robert E. Howard gets story by credits because he wrote the original Conan, uh, like short stories and novels, and you know, all of that. He created the characters. Um, movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Earl Jones also has Max von, Sy- Max von Sydow. And Sandal Bergman, uh, and a few other people who were a lot more famous in the '80s than they are now. Um, I need to stop like editorializing when I when I do the uh, the cast list because I feel like one of these people is eventually gonna listen, <laughs> and, it's, and they're gonna be like, "What the fuck? Why is you, you, he diminishing my star power?" You do. You uh, think one of these people is eventually going to listen? I mean. Wh- Possibly. I mean, they're not that famous, so maybe someone will be like, hey, guy who's not that famous, they talked about you on this podcast. Um, really doubling down on the mean uh, stuff here. Um, did I already say the title of the movie? Conan the Barbarian? Uh, one of the original Arnold Schwarzenegger starring vehicles. Um, let's get first thoughts here, and I guess I'll go first, because I never go first, but I picked this movie. Um I'd seen this movie once before when I was like 13 or 14 and uh, could not really remember what I was getting into. And I got to be honest, it was it was a little bit slow, but I kind of loved it. I, I I don't know. For some reason, it just like really resonated with me. I, I, I liked this movie, but it's all I really have to say on first thoughts. Um, I want to hear what Brian has to say because he just shook his head at me. I, I'm shaking my head because you are absolutely unpredictable in what you like, dude. <laughs> like, I thought for sure you were going to be like, I don't know why I picked this. Um, that being said, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I've seen the movie before. Obviously, I didn't come in with with uh, any notions of like seeing something new. Um, but at the same time, uh, could not help but laugh at some of the 80s um, you know, oh, special sure. special effects and stuff. It's just we we've gotten so far away from that. I mean, we're you know forty something years on from the making of this movie, and and it's like you know there were a lot of parts that I laughed out loud at. Yeah, like, and like and, and, and not they wasn't supposed to laugh, but I just I found it so funny the way that it, they did it. But yeah, and like I look at um, you know Conan as a warrior, and it's like he's so slow and lumbering but at that time it was it was what they had like they couldn't do a bunch of crazy choreography they just didn't have that developed and and so you see movies now and dudes are you know just looking awesome on screen playing these roles and like then you look back and he's just like this lumbering dude but you know very clearly did not do a lot of training before recording you know filming that movie and it's it's it makes it entertaining to watch you just have to go in with that mindset of like not letting that take you out of it I really like watching massive, massive, massive Arnold Schwarzenegger swinging a sword because it just doesn't look cool. <laughs> it doesn't look cool at all, yeah. uh, especially when he's like doing the training as a gladiator and he's just swinging the sword straight into camera, like looking down the barrel. 
and he's like passing the sword behind his back all slow and stuff and i was just i was laughing out loud i just thought it was so funny looking like you don't really see like the rock wielding a weapon you know what i mean when the rock is in a movie he punches people because it looks cool when a big man throws a punch but it doesn't look that cool when a big man is wielding a sword because they don't have like the range of motion i feel like to make it look cool anyway jeff what did you think of this uh this movie i mean believe it or not i'd never seen this movie um and I was impressed by it to some extent. I expected it to be worse than it was. Um, there were definitely a lot of parts that met my expectations of uh, poor quality, but um, I definitely I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, the three of us we watch a lot of movies. I, I definitely noticed a lot of components that were just very obviously done, like characters that had blood packets in their hand and would get their throat slit and then would reach for their throat and then the blood would <laughs> splash across their neck because they've been carrying the blood packet in their hand. Um, stuff like that. Um, that was uh, entertaining to see. Or, or clear shots where Arnold Schwarzenegger would swing at a character and just miss him by a mile and the character would just go tumbling down as if he'd gotten his stomach split open. Um, very uh, interesting but overall, I, I uh, just kept noting throughout the film an absolute lack of dialogue. <laughs> um, they yeah. did not want him talking. And yet the moments <laughs> you when... you blame them? <laughs> and yet the moments that they choose to have him speak, I was like, really? He's got four lines of the film and that's one of them. Like, that was... God, that was can awful. We, can I pause right there and just say, look, we're just going to get right into spoilers on this movie from 1982. Full spoilers for this movie, any movie, any book, any podcast, any song you've ever like. If you hear us mention, been waiting for. If you hear us mention a film very briefly, pause it because we are going to. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, and that that goes to anybody on this podcast, Brian. Looking at you, if you hear us talking about a movie you don't want spoiled, let us know before we get to the spoiler. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point has not quite uh, mastered English uh, or uh, yelling or laughing, uh, I noticed. Anytime he laughed in the <laughs> film, it was crazy. <laughs> and the yelling, just... Obviously, ADR, uh, so funny to me. Um, there's a moment where he, right before he fucks that witch in her cave... Where she's like writhing about on the ground and she just grabs some sand and throws it into the fire and it shoot it cuts to Arnold on a reaction shot and he, he reacts the same way my baby does to loud noises. He just is like huh huh like flinches and his eyes get really wide and I laughed out loud for a solid minute. I had to pause the movie because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> um but yeah, there's a distinct lack of dialogue for like all characters James Earl Jones like with such a commanding voice you would think they would put a little bit more weight on his dialogue and instead like his introduction is essentially worthless um which I, I found very interesting another moment that I laughed at as well because it just <laughs> it went on for a very long time just cutting between Conan's mom and James Earl Jones's Thuma Doom just looking at each other <laughs> it just kept cutting back and forth oh, for a yeah, while that scene took way too long i was like what what is what is what is happening yeah 
Um, but yeah, Jeff, you're right. The the distinct lack of dialogue from the main character was very apparent. Um, they really wanted him to be a wordless, uh, strong, silent type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what other feelings and thoughts did we have about this film, Brian? Um, I was surprised at how much muscle Schwarzenegger had lost by the time they filmed this movie. Uh, I know he's a giant man still. But just me having an interest in the, you know, his bodybuilding career um, and knowing that he took time off from competing to film this movie, I was surprised at how much he had lost. But but at the same time, it makes sense. I mean, they couldn't have him be as big as his, his competition form because he wouldn't be able to grip a sword with two hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so I just pulled this up real quick to give you context. Um, Pumping Iron, came, which is what really broke Arnold Schwarzenegger in the U.S., came out in 1977, uh, ironically the same year as the first Star Wars movie. Um, and it centers around Arnold's uh, bodybuilding for Mr. U- Mr. Universe in 1975. So, And then this movie, Conan the Barbarian, releases in 1982. So we're looking at about seven years difference between like his like major comp like his biggest you know form that he's ever got to you know what i mean i think he comes back after this movie and does mr universe one more time and wins and is actually at his biggest at that uh he's not at his biggest there's a lot of controversy around that one because he actually came back a little smaller and they felt like he got it because of name recognition but um probably true he was still jacked as shit don't get me wrong it's just you know he had taken so much time off that when he came back it was like this unannounced last second return and there were guys that were like dude you're like you're the greatest of all time but you're not there anymore so why are you still winning you know what i mean um anyway that's neither here nor there it's just i i felt like he had lost quite a bit of size by the time he filmed this and and that's saying something because he's giant but um i was just struck by that because uh, you know when you see schwarzenegger you either see him now as an old man or you see him jacked to the gills back in the 70s and you know in this movie is this association with being this giant warrior back in his prime but it really wasn't i mean you know I, like which it sounds again ridiculous to say because you know his I, yeah, his prime I, is most people's you know wet dream well, I'll say, watching this movie, I was not thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger looks <laughs> looks small. No. I'm surprised that that's what your reaction not was. I was like, wow, yeah. looks like a pipsqueak in this movie compared to what he looked like. Yeah, look at that tiny guy. <laughs> look at this bitch. I could take him. <laughs> yeah. um, well, without slowing I'm supposed to believe that him. this little boy is a barbarian? What are you What are you trying to pass off, Sean Milius? Um, yeah. That's very funny. What was your guys' uh, understanding of Conan the Barbarian as a character? Like, do you guys did you guys ever read any of like the Robert E. Howard like stories of like Cole the Conqueror? Like, he had like this very big fascination with like masculinity and like ancient masculinity. You know what I mean? And kind of created this fantasy world. Like, did you guys have any like understanding of Conan or any context or anything like that going into this movie? I certainly didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. No. No, my, my my first exposure to Conan was this movie, and then, you know, much later... Momoa. Um, sorry? Momoa. Jason Momoa reprising the role. So that's all I know about Conan is what I've seen on screen. Yeah. I, uh, me, that's, I've read some of the older Marvel Conan comics. I have not read any of the newer Marvel Conan comics, but, like, 
I've read some. Red Sonia as well, which is another, I think, Robert E. Howard creation. I know Conan kind of crosses over with her a lot. Um, it's not really my kind of thing when it comes to, like, comics, but I will say, like, this Hyboria, like, world that they've created for this movie and Conan the Conqueror, or sorry, Conan the Destroyer um, later... I really like it. Like, I would be open to a return to this world. I think I've, I'm 90% sure that a Red Sonia movie is in development right now. Um, and she, I believe, takes place in the same world. So, but I think, like, this fantasy world where there's, like, witches and there's, like, weird you know snake cults and you can turn a fucking snake into an arrow and weird shit like that like i i liked it i was like this is kind of a cool world it's fun i love those sort of like older like i don't like medieval adventure fantasy movies you know which is kind of why i wanted to um talk about this movie or this sort of genre in general for this part of our uh rewatch club um but yeah i just I don't know. I, it's, I wanted to quickly talk about some of the influences we see. Like, can you guys... Do you guys see, when watch, re-watching this movie, did you guys notice things that you were like, oh, like, like okay, for example, like He-Man, like clearly inspired by Conan uh, and this world of Hyboria, right? Like this like big muscular man with a sword fighting an ancient evil who like leads a horde of, you know, minions or whatever, like... Very similar in that regard. Or this revenge tale of, like, a shirtless man tearing apart a man's, uh, like, whole world um, reminded me a lot of a movie we talked about a couple weeks ago in The Northman. Did you guys kind of catch on to anything like that either or see, like, any of the inspirations that kind of came from this movie? I definitely thought of The Northman a couple of times as we watched this film. Um it was uh, interesting, specifically at the beginning with you know the the, the raid on the village and um, seeing the young kid kind of get his family killed. That there was some I was surprised by the amount of gore in this film. I don't want to say that I, I like kind of caught me off guard for the time. Um, but yeah, definitely saw some nods or at least some inspiration that was taken from this film that influenced a lot of later things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Brian, did you did you catch on to any? Um, I did not think of another movie while I was watching this film because I was locked in on this film and paying attention the way I was supposed to. But um, <laughs> okay. I, I could definitely see the parallels now. And um, I, I would argue that they're pretty similar to any warrior path. You know, like, I mean, that's kind of a dickish thing to say. I guess... More than anything, I I felt like it was kind of a generic warrior, you know, gets his motivation at a young age, overcomes some strife, and at the end is untouchable on his path to vengeance. <laughs> like, I feel like that happens over and over again. And so, yeah. like, like this one and, and uh, Norseman are very similar in that regard, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well. And, um, and both shirtless when they fight, which you don't yeah. see too often. Yeah, the, I was I was I was very remind I was reminded a lot of the Northmen. Um, excuse me. Um, by this movie and like was trying to draw more parallels throughout, but it really just comes down to two massive men on a revenge quest, 
fighting, you know, this, you know, their perceived evil. Whereas, like, Thuma Doom is, like, a, a true evil presence. And, like, the other the other king that... Um, Isn't it Tulsa? You know. Tulsa. What do I keep saying? Thuma? Thuma? Yeah, Tulsa. Tulsa. Whatever. My bad. I don't know why I'm saying we've Thuma. We've watched the movie, folks. Don't, don't get mad at us. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so in inspiration or being inspired by this movie, I wanted to also, or I wanted to broach the main topic here of um, great warriors in fantasy literature or stories or movies or things like that. And I, I want to put it to you guys to see, like, who do you think could take out Conan? Like, one-to-one up against Conan the Barbarian. Who you got? Who who are we putting up against him in a one-on-one fight? I'm assuming we're removing um, like anime characters and shit from the list, right? People with any kind of power. Yeah, Goku's not. That's not fair. You know what I mean? We're talking about swordsmen. I'm assuming, but at the same yeah. time, there are swordsmen that have, you know, like I could think of a swordsman that has a laser sword that would give Conan fits. But <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like like you got to remove those people from the conversation, right? Yeah, sure. Anakin Skywalker in his with his lightsaber isn't. Or you give or you give Anakin a sword, and no no force powers, and say how how would he do? Yeah, sure. I think that that's that's fair. I'm just talking about specifically one on one sword fight, right? Like the powers. Yeah. Jeff, you go first because I got a fat list I could go through. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Conan has that oppressive list of a. Repertoire, from what I've seen, at least in this one film. So I, I think that there's a lot of swordsmen that are going to be able to take him out. I, I think. That's have you so not you seen? Sorry, Go I was going to say, have you not seen the other Conan? I have Wait. not seen the Destroyer. No. Momoa. Oh no, he's talking about Momoa's Conan oh, the Barbarian. It's a little bit more so, modern. So it kind of makes him not look like first him. and foremost, you know, that, that Conan can take out this Conan in a hot second. <laughs> So um, well, yeah. what I was gonna That's say is it's Conan the, the character, like I, like right. just because you're limited by like 1982 yeah. special effects in, budget, yeah. like that's not what I'm talking about. It's more of like you see how many guys he takes out. Like imagine if you know that translated to now, who are you right. putting him up against, right? Like right. just because there's better special effects and better fight choreography now, that's not really fair to you know what I mean. You have to like sure think of it a bit abstractly. Right? So I mean, step one, any of the 300 doing work on Conan. You're putting Leonidas against this dude? I, I think Leonidas does work on Conan. I don't think Leonidas is fiction. <laughs> That's just, I mean, the, from the movie 300 or from the Frank Miller comic yeah, that dude based would, on, that dude would that's fuck Conan a fictional uh, yeah. version of Leonidas. That dude, that dude not only would beat Conan in a fight, but he would also beat him in a uh, shirtless competition. <laughs> and a sex match also. Conan gets laid a lot in this movie. I was not prepared by it for it. There's like yeah. three separate sex scenes. I it was, was like, funny because like fuck? I kept joking around like the first time it happened, uh, she was like, "Wait, one more thing," and I was like, "It's time to bang." And then sure enough, they just cut right to like mid-sex, and then like a little bit later, the blonde gives him like a momentary look, and I was like, "Time to bang again." And sure enough, they're banging. It was just they were just like airmailing that shit, like making yeah. it super obvious, broadcasting it, but. Anyway. Yeah. So I will say from the comics, Conan is like, like very, very like, I would say Leonidas and Conan are actually like a one-to-one from like 
the fictional actual representation of Conan, right? Like, I also you think that Gerard Butler in Three Hundred is more ripped than Arnold? I what? More more ripped, but not bigger. It's uh, not what I said. Um, no, Brian said it. Oh. Brian said he could beat him in a shirtless contact contest. So okay, so I see what you mean. More pleasing to the eye. Yeah, I, I don't Aste- know. his aesthetics. Like yeah. with like the like he's a little bit carved he's a little slightly, out of stone. He's slightly more oiled. That's that's the thing. Well, and like his abs <laughs> are like very like very like car, you know, like chiseled Ar- abs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like and he has like zero percent body fat in that movie. It's crazy. And his beard is perfectly groomed. Okay, Brian, put your erection away. But <laughs> <laughs> please pull your pants up while we're on the podcast. Um, yeah, very funny. Um, they stay down. <laughs> I uh, I don't think that Leonidas is a good fit. I think that Conan and Leonidas are like one to one. I think that they go, they battle until each other are tired, and then they make love to each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to bang. <laughs> and, that, and then they give each other that look, and they're like, I mean, the Athenians did it, so maybe we try it. I don't know. Um, who else you got, Brian? You said you have a fat list, as you as you just put it. Yeah. So so here's the thing. The first person I wrote down uh, was. Uh, Geralt of Rivia. Yep. Geralt. Mm. Geralt. How do you say it? Geralt. Geralt know. of Rivia. But we I think, he, I think he's about. like enhanced, isn't he? Yes. Yes. He's a mutant. So he has magic. Right. So well, I'm just not even with his little push shit. Like I'm just talking about in a sword fight. He is a mutant. Right. But yes. Yeah. So I, I think you got to eliminate him, unfortunately. Um, so I still think that that's like a. I mean, I think he wins in my, to my mind. I think Geralt wins, but. It's still a good fight, I think, but that is a good call out. I did I mean, not have him he's on my professional list. monster slayer. Like he does, he literally kills things worse than that for money. Like it's his job. Like yeah. and he's good at it. So I, I just he's certainly I, I he's certainly more durable. But he also takes like a potion to get him into like a state of rage. And like so, the times so, that we see him fight without the potion, he's still like very adept. But right, um, so you can't do use the potion. You can't use his little. Uh, you know, Dragonborn Fusroda thing. Um, you gotta just—he's just gotta grab a sword and get into the fight. Still and got I think him. that he's—I think he's a better fighter. Um, Jeff, and he's Jeff, big as, and he's that? big and strong. Like yeah. it's not like he'd be completely I, and, overpowered. I don't think Conan's that impressive, so uh, I'm not gonna side with Conan in a lot of these. <clears throat> yeah, I think I, honestly, I think you gotta change the parameters to just who's the best out of all these names popping up because. Most of these guys, I'm going to say, would probably okay, kill. Okay, so Conan. now Geralt is the top dog, and we got to put, we got to dethrone him. Okay, so we're just playing so King just, of the Hill. Yeah, just play King of the Hill with it. That's fine. Okay, um, I would. Uh, Jeff, do you want to go back and forth? Tyler, do you want to jump in before I just start rattling names? No, I'm letting you guys go because um, I noticed that I talk too much on these podcasts. So I'm going to let you guys <laughs> go hold the floor. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I mean, let's I just, like. Let's just see who can take the hill. So, I mean, I want to throw out a character that, that we're not going to be talking about, which is a character that neither of my brothers have any history with, which is um, – I'm not going to put him forward as a competition. I just need to, to give respect for him because, in my opinion, he is the greatest, most durable swordsman. Oh, um, boy. Jeff's just – is it Berserk? The guy Guts from Berserk? from Berserk. Absolutely. Yeah. If I had a feeling that this was going to come in. It's from a very famous manga um, There's also movies about it, but it's, it's fine. We don't have to talk about it because Guts would win, but – um, if I had to put up someone, we're, we're going up you against... You just had to throw it. You're like, uh, by the way, anime. I'm actually super into anime. If I had to I name somebody who you've never heard of... Guts is such a famous swordsman. <laughs> it's not even funny. Anyways. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to choose so Berserk. That, 
So the famous guy... that only 33% of us have heard of him. Yeah. I'm going to choose the Berserk that's written by Keanu Reeves, the one that can't die and can't be killed and can't... Wait, those are the same thing. I'm going to choose uh, Zeus. Can't die and can't be killed. What an impressive list of feats. Is he also immortal? I'm actually choosing Hercules. What about this, to make it fair? How about uh, Connor McLeod from Highlander? Can he take out Geralt of Rivia? Uh, Shoot, my mind went first to him versus... Arnold Schwarzenegger and just picturing who could get their sword to swing faster because they're both slow as shit swinging big ass swords around that would be an amazing fight you'd be better off just dropping your sword and ducking over and over again because anyway just let the other guy tie her out rope a dope him Uh, hell no he can't Highlander is one of the worst fantasy series of all time hell hell no he could not get Geralt off that what uh, is that? Wait, wait, can we quick? Maybe we need to watch Highlander because <laughs> what? What the fuck are those movies? <laughs> They're so ridiculous. Okay, no, Highlander's dumb. Although he Connor does spend McLeod hundreds of years fighting other guys like him, right? He, yes, and they have like weird. Uh, just oh my god, those movies are insane. Do you know how many of them there are? And they've tried to get new ones off the ground. Ryan Reynolds was originally going to be. Uh, one of them, Thomas I'd w- Jane, I'd watch. was going to be, be in real. there. Let's be real. We'd all watch it. Hell yeah, I would. Yeah. I, they're yeah. so dumb, but I I love them. I'm down in with a it. Way. I'm yeah. down with dudes that get all the way to modern times and they're still stuck swinging their claymores around. There <laughs> can only be one. Then how about <laughs> fighting get, with giant swords? And to, get this back on track, gun. to get this back it's on track, if, if Connor McCloud's not going to win, what about the mountain from Game of Thrones? How many times do you get to submit an answer before I come back and, and oh, get to challenge myself? I, I thought you were. I thought, I thought you would stay on top until. How about just name good names and we can. I would say you a turn. the mountain is not a bad one, but no, he's a great he, pick to lose he, to Corral. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he is on the same level as Geralt because Geralt is also shown to be really fast. But I wonder how much of that comes in. Like, so Geralt is kind of a hard one because, or Geralt is a really hard one Geralt, because. Sorry. Where do we draw the line with his magic? Because his physical speed and his physical strength does sort of come from his his mutant abilities. You know what I mean? And so, like, what what did he have before that? You know, like it it sort of he sort of becomes a difficult one to dethrone. Yeah. And then then I'll tell you what. Just because recognizing, I don't think I have anyone that could beat him without powers. Um, why don't we put the mountain on the top of the hill? And um, put Geralt aside because I think he might break the game. Okay. Well, do we think that the sword, like just saying in Westeros, then do we think the Sword of Mourning, Arthur Dane? Yes, would, that's my. Be... I was about to beat you with your own book series, dude. It's uh, Arthur Dane's the best swordsman well, in the history. Well, and then what is the guy who was the head of the Gold Cloaks? Barristan Selmy. Yeah. Does but he, he where does said, he compare against? He Arthur has Dane? said that Arthur Dane was the best swordsman, I believe. I don't. I mean, I, I've there, only it's ever... Like, it's like 1A, 1B with those two. But yeah. my understanding is that Arthur Dane at that time, at the time of the Rebellion, was number one. Now, between those three characters, which one of them, only one of them, died in battle? Arthur Dane? Yeah, that's right. But so, he got stabbed in the back. We don't... That's from the show. All, and that was after cutting down three dudes. No, that... 
all three of them died in battle. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, again, so that all happens in the show, but how the, the mountain dies from poison after the battle. He's still alive. That's why he's declared Oh, he dies victor. twice. I'm sorry. And then Barris <laughs> and Selmy is... is Barris and Selmy is... takes him out in battle. Yeah, Barris and Selmy still alive in the books, but um, has, didn't get a... Yeah, but get, we've... So, I don't know. If you want to talk about show, that's fine. But, yeah. So, watching the show and having not read the books, I will say that Barris and Selmy, everybody who interacts with him tells him that he's the best sword fighter that they've ever seen. Every single person who interacts with him, they're like, you're just, you're, I, I, when I was on the battlefield with you, it was like watching a dance or whatever, you know, like that's all they keep saying to him over and over and over again. In the show, we only see Arthur Dane and know of him from that moment where that we're about to watch the battle and Bran says, my father said he was the greatest swordsman to ever live. Yeah, and Ned, that's it. Ned that's famously the, that's the says line. that. Ned famously says that in the literature too. That came straight yeah. from the books. Sure, that's fine. But that's like you know, who do we go with? You know what I mean? Like Barristan Selmy is also called the greatest swordsman to have ever lived, and then Barristan Selmy says it about Arthur Dane. But how much of that is just modesty? I think more importantly. I'm not hearing the mountain in that conversation. So either one of those guys, we just put one on top of the hill because I think they, the mountain comes the mountain. down to brutality and violence. But I think we've seen the mountain lose a lot. So actually, every time I've seen him fight, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because I feel like I would put the hound over the mountain. And dude, the the uh, um, gosh, what's his name? The Dorn so, guy. Yeah, Oberyn Martell. Yeah, Oberyn beats him like the only reason why he wins is because Oberyn gets cocky at the end and stops fighting Oberyn used in the yeah. fight in the fight the mountain loses yeah and he poisons him just to be sure that he's gonna die really is what it comes down to so I you gotta put you know I don't care take your pick Arthur Dane or Barristan sell me up on top because they're they're better for sure and I'll go ahead and knock him off okay what about uh, Mad Mar- Mardigan then he is the self-anointed greatest swordsman who ever lived. Uh, so I don't know how much that weight that carries, although we don't see him lose a fight. We also know that it's Val Kilmer. So We also know yeah, that he's in a cage at the beginning of the so film, so he had to get so, arrested to some extent. So he yeah, had to have so lost a fight. But not killed. Not What's your point? What is your point about Val Kilmer, that he's good at volleyball? I just like Val Kilmer. Versatile <laughs> skill set? Is it that he, he can be your Huckleberry? Him. Yeah, he can be my <laughs> Huckleberry. Um... Um, Matt, Matt Mardigan is say, a good. I can be your Huckleberry. He says I am your. Matt Mardigan is not a good choice, dude. That that again, like, there's nothing that we see that's a visual impress, and he just runs around in a battlefield for the last five mm-hmm. minutes of the film. Yeah, but we don't see him do anything impressive. You didn't let me finish. He's a good choice if you want to be wrong. Okay. Just kidding. Well, man, um, what else? I'm just kidding. Got? He's he's a talented swordsman. I don't think that he touches those other two. I'll try to match you with another knight. The most perfect knight. In Lancelot. history, Sir Lancelot, um, even King Arthur with Excalibur, or, or, like King Arthur only won because he had the enhanced sword, Excalibur. Lancelot was beating all of the Knights of the Round Table one after another. Uh, he's always talked about as being infallible in his abilities. Lancelot is meets the description of a knight without flaws. Physically, he definitely had some flaws in his judgment, but uh, that's not what we're evaluating here. So, if we want to talk about guys who did not lose a fight, 
and have a perfect record along with the reputation for being without any flaws in his physical game it, I think it'd be hard to argue against Lancelot although I guess you could argue that his feats are uh, like you know his accomplishments uh, maybe aren't quite there yeah it's interesting for sure um, okay I I don't I don't dislike Lancelot but we just don't really I'm trying to think of a definitive portrayal of Lancelot that shows him to be such a great sword fighter because all we ever hear like if you read like um, the man who would be king and all you know all of those Arthurian legends as they are he's just like sort of described as a great swordsman but we never really like get a description of his sword fighting prowess and he is just fighting against like pretty normal men right so being average or like being above average doesn't I think put him in line with some of these great swordsmen from fantasy literature I mean I don't know. I just I, he doesn't make my top five list for sure until we see like that definitive portrayal of him. Jeff, you got that, another one? That's fair. I mean, the challenge. I, I think more than anything, we have to be able to identify like what they've accomplished in their fighting abilities, right? I mean, so if right. doesn't Lancelot go down fighting uh, Mordred too? Isn't doesn't he get killed by the one that King Arthur dies in battle? You know what? To be honest with you, I can't remember what happens to Lancelot because I'm pretty sure he dies fighting Mordred, or maybe he's... Mordred kills Arthur and then Lancelot kills Mordred. It's been a while since I read any of that, but something like that happens. I can't remember what happens to Lancelot. To be completely honest, the only feat I can really speak to is he bests all the knights of the Round Table one by one. So he gets excommunicated by Arthur for banging his wife. Um. I get that. That's fair. And then he lives out in the woods and then only comes back during the final battle against Mordred to fight alongside Archer's side. And I can't remember if he avenges Arthur or dies protecting him. It's one of those two. It says here, it says here Lancelot personally kills the younger of Mordred's sons after chasing him through a forest in the battle at Winchester and then goes missing, abandoning society, and Lancelot dies of illness four years later. Hmm. Okay. So he just kind of goes off in shame, sounds like. Uh, yeah, all right. So I, it, it sounds like kind of a wash to me between those. Uh, Jeff, do you got anyone that can jump up jump up on the hill? Yeah, I think we all knew where this was heading. Um, uh, we all know the unbeatable person to the answer to this question is Achilles. But that's, he, he's, in the, he's in line with, with uh, Geralt. He would smoke right? Geralt. Because how much of it is his protection spell from the river Styx. yeah throw him up against Geralt and there's no way that Geralt's gonna you know, there's no way that Brian and I are gonna side on Geralt's side here I, I think it's it's like a 50-50 split Dude, on that one Geralt flawless. is massive Geralt gets thrown Look, around a don't, lot in this, I, I need to make sure that we're not getting stuck on the awesome portrayal of Brad Pitt looking great running up the beach in his armor and focusing on literature Achilles which it makes it an even stronger argument. Achilles is literally just described chapter after chapter as just like cutting through entire like regiments of Trojan soldiers. Like he's just yeah. But I also think that you have to look at when that fiction was written, right? Like Homer wrote that at a time where there was nothing to compare it to, right? So he didn't give his character any faults except for his arrogance. That's all. But like he didn't give him any physical faults. I mean, I guess besides the Achilles heel of it all, right? But. I just don't think that that's a fair portrayal because what they give us with Geralt is a a tortured, conflicted 
hum, like you know human type character with flaws and with Achilles he's this golden god who can be who's unbeatable I think if you compare what Achilles is great against which is just other Greek men cool but if you look at what Geralt is fighting which is massive monsters Achilles, I think I think that that's not a one to one competition. You I know? think Achilles does wound Ares in the middle of the battle, and he also fights the river god. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Achilles wounds Ares. Yeah, the gods yeah, would personify on the battlefield. They would take yeah the in the books the in the books or in, like in the stories, the gods are getting involved, and Achilles literally has the audacity to like stab Ares in a battle. Like he's capable of doing that. Ares was like mowing people down or something. I think it was Ares, and Achilles like fights him and, and like wounds him and then a little bit later on he gets all pissed off and goes to the river and starts challenging the river god and they get into a one-on-one fight so he's like fighting monster level you know in between battles powered. everyone else is like yeah yesterday was not brutal even... and he's like come here okay you guys me. go rest i'm still kind of pissed <laughs> like, yeah he's he's kind of an interesting character because his superpower is literally just protection like he he just can't like in the fictional description, he can't be harmed except for on the ankle. But my question is, did that ever even get tested? Like you don't hear them describing swords bouncing off his flesh. Like he's just too good of a fighter that it just, I don't even think it ever comes into discussion. Like I think he's just so like he's just mowing through people and he has a feats list that not only includes Im- immeasurable odds against stacked against him and he's just cutting them down. And he's also fighting monster level, um, you know, like gods and demigods and stuff. Like he, he kind of has the whole range of, of, you know, on his resume. I don't know how many people can, can, or how many other characters can do that other than Hercules, but he's got superpowered strength that I think eliminates him. Yeah. I'm the only person I'd throw up against it is Kratos, but he's as strong as Hercules, so. What? They give him super strength? Yeah. He's I guess a god. he's like jumping like 100 feet in the air. He's, shit. he's yeah. a god. He becomes the god of war. Right. Yeah. So Achilles is interesting because I, I don't like even if you eliminated, you know, his river sticks protection that his mom gave him, I still think he wins. I, his his offensive abilities are, are up there with any of them in the books. I, I you know, he's I think you gotta put him up there and just say, Hey, no protection, he's just gotta fight on his own. But um I wanna throw out a couple others. Uh first off, let me just say don't mention Aragorn. There's no way he's beaten some of the names that we've already thrown out. Um, you got to eliminate other swordsmen that have powers. So guys like uh, Future Trunks isn't going to register. Uh, Aragon from the Inheritance books, he's got powers um, and you know enhanced abilities. I think they're both eliminated. Uh, we're not doing anime, so Samurai Jack doesn't count, correct? <laughs> Samurai Jack, dude, would that get guy marked. cuts through. You what? I think Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack gets murked, but yeah. Are you serious? That guy cuts through armies by himself. He's always alone. Um, Never has any help, and he just cuts through I, everyone. I, I don't know the last time you watched. He cuts through robots, but he he really struggles on like actual proficient people. How does uh, besides he has a like magic sword? Elven, yeah. How does like an elven oh. warrior fall come into this from like Lord of the Rings? Do any of the Lord of the Rings characters? factor into this for you guys I, elimin- I eliminated Aragon because it depends on how they're described because Aragon is like described as having like super speed and strength because Aragorn? of his Aragon from Arag- the inheritance books oh, Aragorn okay. is not yeah so um, I said Lord of the Rings right oh I, well I thought you just said the elves 
or elves in general. I didn't realize you were asking. Oh, I meant that. like the, the well, I, I mean the elves from Aragon. Well, I don't know because it is like their natural powers. Like, is it? I think they're magically enhanced, though. Like, I, it, it doesn't they're not, get into well, it. They're, they're not the elves in the like elves in Lord of the Rings. Creatures. That's just how they're born. It's not really considered magic, right? Like their their lightness and like their speed and agility is. Not I guess, really, like, but then but then I would put in, you know, Aragon or Arya because they literally um, describe them as running as fast as a horse for like hundreds of miles, and and they can jump like super far distances and they you know the aragons in battles and like he'll go up against a regiment of like a hundred dudes and they'll all be dead within like two minutes and he'll be running on to the next one because he's just so fast and strong aragon in the inheritance trilogy gets to that point I yeah so basically that. he goes through a an elven like transition where his his like abilities are heightened because he kind of goes like into like a half half elf stage Right. I would almost argue I remember that, that I just don't remember him being described as that powerful. Yeah, they're like they're like super strong and fast. Like interesting. Ridiculous. Well, what about the Middle Earth elves that aren't that crazy? Like they're relatively normal. Yeah, good I think fighters. I think you could have a conversation about them. But which one would you throw out? Legolas? He's not a sword fighter. He kind of is, but I don't know. Like I don't think I his mean, sword so fighting I, abilities are there. He's just right. It's good his in bow. Yeah, but what about like Thranduil or something like that? Like his father. We see him in the Hobbit. He has that. You we know, see him make one move, Final think, Fantasy right? style sword. Yeah, we see him make like one little scene of like swinging but around. He's, he's the last king of the elves in the Third Age. You know what I mean? Like he must be. I think fucking, you, you know, yeah, I think you got to go back to whether you can speak to his feats, and I just can't touch on. Yeah, that's the thing. What he's capable of. It's only of. ever described as like in like a history that like he you know like it's not it's not like described in prose. It's described in like historical account yeah right? and we so see like, Thranduil had this many deaths in this battle yeah or whatever. and i think worth mentioning when ring of power rings of power we see galadriel kicking some serious ass you know especially like, in that most recent episode yeah she's sort of fighting that, like 10 crushing. people at the same time like and, and we Dual see her in the wielding. first episode cutting down a frost troll no problem or whatever it is you know like so i'd say she deserves a mention i think there's some characters in literature that deserve a nod although i just you know, it, it just becomes a you know thing where like I, I know a writer named uh, Mickey Zucker Reichert who has two different book series with uh, a, a very similar character that is basically described as like the world's most perfect swordsman, and like I, I just think that like when you get to that point, like it, you're just it's just semantics on who would win or what the situation would be and how it would change the fight. He's got um, a samurai uh, type character named Galenar in the Bifrost Guardian series that is just like this super disciplined, infallible uh, warrior, sword fighter. And then he has another one named Colby Callistenson in the Renshai series, who very similarly is, he's like, he's from a warring tribe that all they do all day is just like... Train. Is train and like, like all they want to do is finish their meals quickly to get back to training and he's the best of them. And so it's like... Yeah, it's, I mean, at it, some point it's kind of hard to draw lines unless you say, uh, you know, give me their feats. You know, who did they kill? What did they accomplish? Sure, you know, sure, that's where sure. Make, make fun of Jeff for for listening to a bunch of anime, but but let Brian go on a rant about books that no one's ever heard of. I get it, I get it's, it. It's I'm literature. Not, I mean, he's just he's just giving an example. Of I'm just exactly fucking with what you guys. I'm about to say, which you and I, Jeff, have talked about, which is. Batman versus Superman. That writing of Batman versus Superman. The only reason Batman wins most of those interactions is because the writers want Batman to win. Yeah. Right? Like they want the controversy. Writing it will come up with the reason 
Right. Well, it's not even about the controversy. It's about Batman being everybody's, you know, or like a lot of comic book writers' favorite hero, and Superman being this infallible, perfect god, and this man who's just a man taking him down is more of is a way better story than like. It's Superman not fun to watch Superman chest. just fly in and just like choke out Batman in 10 seconds. Like that's not a fun story. You know what I mean? Cause obviously he can, it, what's more interesting is watching the man battle this unbeatable God and take him down a peg. Right? Like that's, what's interesting. And the writers make, make some contrivances to make it happen every time. I got a question so, for Brian. Can the black thorn in shard plate take out Achilles? In shard plate, yes. I have Kaladin, Adolin, and Dalinar written down, but I think Adolin would be the one you'd need to lean on because he's like the most technical sword fighter of the three. And I don't think you can factor in shard plate because it's magical, you know, uh, uh, armor that boosts his abilities. That so, gives him indestructibility, the same thing that Achilles has. So toe to toe. In shard plate, they're much faster and stronger. They cut down whole yeah. divisions again. Like, I, I just don't think it's a competition. So, um, I think you have to eliminate those guys. I, m- maybe Tal... Uh, I wrote down Tal Lanelli Lin. Talanelet? But he is... Insane. Boost, boosted. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. He's a herald, too. Yeah. Right. He's a herald, so he's boosted and has a magic sword. So, you have to take him out as well. Although, Plus, we haven't actually you, seen... You know, any... he's fighting until uh, you know, he stops moving because <laughs> that guy... Can take it we all. haven't. Go ahead. We haven't actually seen him fight yet in the books. We, we see him catch a, a crossbow bolt out of thin air in the darkness, which I, I think just boosts him anyway. <laughs> but we also know that they've spent centuries or thousands yeah, of years fighting their... giant monsters and armies of. of well, demons. I mean that was that was ten thousand years ago. Ten thousand years, he's been sitting in a cave getting tortured. Well, he clearly hasn't missed a beat when he's yeah. coming out of torture and catching crossbow bolts in the dark. Sure. But anyway. Um, yes, so we all agree with whatever you guys are talking about. These oh, guys sorry. are obviously Storm, the gods. Yeah, Stormlight Archives, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. If you haven't read it, go read it. If it's you'd awesome. like to be included in the, in the greatest conversation in the world, go ahead and read the Stormlight yeah, Archives. We, we have a mutual favorite character for once, which is crazy, I think. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you like Shallon too? No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, God, dear no. Uh, dear, <laughs> dear no. Dear God, no. Uh, I can't even talk. That was so bad. Um, <laughs> dear no. Dear no. Uh, so someone else I want to throw out, Tyler. I don't know if you remember the King of Foxes book written mm-hmm. by Raymond E. Feist with Talon yeah. of I the Silverhawk. I do remember it. So but. in in that book, Talon is the world's greatest swordsman, and it's proven through a series of tournaments, like tournaments of champions. That That's right. Talon is like the defending champion of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would throw that one out. Is like literally is battle tested like on an actual stage where you test sword fighting abilities. And it's the only one I could speak of where that, that happens. Cuts through an entire tournament of the world's greatest swordsmen to come out on top. Um, you know, no magical abilities to speak of. You know, I would yeah, say that one's I mean, a good thought of as well. That is a good one. Although, I, I just you saying that like brought me a blast from the past and I just did a quick math. I haven't read that book in almost... 20 years Ouch. it's crazy that i'm able to say that out loud now i just was like wow i'm old like i was like wow i haven't read that since i was like 15 i'm 32 that was almost 20 years ago yeah what That's about such a long time one one um, series that i have very little knowledge of but i feel like i know that there's a swordsman in there is the wheel of time series does anyone know if there's a character that's well we're on par? jeff and i watched the series wheel of time 
I don't remember there being... There's not really a lot of sword fighting in the series. I didn't read the books, so I would assume that there is sword fighting that happens in it, right? Um, there are definitely, like, warriors in there, but there's also a lot of magic being used throughout it. So, I don't know. We're not the best ones to speak on it, I don't think, unless um, Jeff went back and read a lot of Robert Jordan. I but. haven't yet. Um, no. I'm curious, Tyler how familiar you are with uh, the Black Knight from the Marvel comics. Yeah, but again, that's magic. Sure. I didn't want to bring up a lot of the comic book stuff because a lot of those characters are imbued with like magical abilities because the Ebony Blade kind of is... Like Excalibur. It's, it's like an anti-Excalibur. It really gets linked into... Yeah, it gets linked into Arthurian legend in the Marvel comics and it's a lot of magic and I just I didn't want to bring it up because it's like a whole description and I would have to read about it again to really re-familiarize myself to discuss it on any real deep meaningful level and it's just not that interesting as a character in my opinion swordsman when it comes to like marvel comics or uh, i've always found like kind of boring um because there's characters with like laser vision and shit yeah there's people that can fly yeah it's like i don't care about your sword (laughs) and horse what about uh what about a couple other dark horses here uh wesley the dread pirate roberts was he fight. better it's, than Inigo Montoya? He beats him, doesn't he? Yeah, that's true. I think they have a one-on-one together, and he beats him. Yeah, and Inigo was saying he was the best, so that's but a I feat mean, right there. Okay, so are we all like? But then I would put D'Artagnan over him. D'Artagnan's another of, great one. I can't believe I didn't have that on my if list. If we're talking, but that's like Shit. rapier, like fencing style. It's not it's, really like I think a broadsword is cutting through that. You don't. You, know you don't think I mean? that uh, D'Artagnan could take the, the mountain down? You just poke no. him a bunch? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's amazing how that guy's so big that it literally eliminates the usefulness of that weapon. <laughs> well, I just think, like, anybody wearing a suit of armor is is taking out D'Artagnan. <laughs> you know what I mean? What is D'Artagnan doing against a man in full Exploiting plate? the weak spots in the armor. Armpit stabs. I'm sorry, but, like, no. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I'm D'Artagnan sorry. is is got to be mentioned as far as just pure skill with the sword. Serial Pharrell, but going back to the Game of Thrones series. Exactly. It's cool but to watch. I like that. And again, that he loses to Marin fucking Trant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Racking uh, racket uh, my brains here. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I think we can wrap it up. I think that we've we've really... Okay. We're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel when we're going into King of Foxes and other obscure books. Not that those aren't good characters and well-written books, but they're just not characters that anybody has any context for. So... Um, we read. That's what we want you I, guys to know. Who did we? Yeah, exactly. If you listen to this Actually, podcast, just know that we read books. I love and, how you're following that with that statement after he just said, I haven't read that book in 20 years. <laughs> Do yeah, we read? Well, I mean, I still read. I just haven't read that book. Since we I don't reread. We read once and then we move on, Brian. I read. I reread Lord of the Rings a lot when I was younger, but yeah, I haven't had, to the read guy any that's of those read, since I was 20. You're talking to the guy that's read Harry Potter like eight times. Hold on. He does pull a sword out of a hat. <laughs> the most magical yeah. sword. And then I think the mountain shoves a fist up his ass and <laughs> yeah. works him like a puppet. <laughs> Sorry. Harry Potter is not making this list. <laughs> yeah. What did he kill? A book? Cool. No, he yeah. kills a basilisk. <laughs> he cuts that thing's like a head off or something. He stabs it in the brain, I think, um, while writing it. That's a bigger feat than some of the guys we've met. <laughs> the age of, say. like, 12. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at my library in my 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 uh, 
He's looking at all three books, trying to see if either one of them has character. Honestly, I don't read a lot of fantasy anymore, so most of yes, I'm looking at my oak bookshelves at all my books. What about what about Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles? Um, I will say my bookshelves are made of cedar because I could not afford oak when I was building. Them, yeah, so. I think I think that I think the mountain drinks some turtle stew after fighting Leonardo. <laughs> I do like that we already unseated the mountain, but we just keep bringing him back <laughs> in. It's a good adversary. <laughs> he's not even the top, but he's just doing work. The true on test of strength would be like, is to see yeah. everyone fight the same opponent. Then you get the best metrics. Yeah, um, I think who did we say is on top right now? Achilles. We, yeah, we have Achilles. Up there? It's, it's got to be. It's Achilles. And nobody kill, killing Achilles. Okay, I'll let you guys win with the Achilles one, just because I want this to end. And we're gonna move into uh, what is clever. I'm gonna start with Jeff this time. Jeff, what have you been watching, reading, and listening to? Yeah, um, I have actually finished most of the shows that I was watching. Uh, still watching. Um, uh, Jesus, Dragon Ball Super with my roommate on occasion. Um, I think during this part of the podcast, we should just like w- anything that you've watched that's new. Like you don't have to just repeat everything that you're watching currently. You can just like, have you watched anything new? I'm gonna let no. that hang there. That was rude. All right. Um, <laughs> Wait, just every week you say that you're watching Jeff. What are you watching? Anymore. No, I don't care about that stuff. What are you watching that I haven't heard yet? Tell me that. Tell tell me tell me something that interests me. My name is Tyler. That's, that's who I am. I'm Tyler, and I want you to entertain me. This isn't for the fans. This is for Tyler. Now, uh, I you will You think say, the fans? First of all, fans is a pretty pretty plural. interesting term there. Yeah. We have a person that listens, and she's dating you, and that's it. That's the only person I think that's listening. Um, my wife doesn't even listen to this podcast. Um, secondly, I think every week you say that you're watching Dragon Ball or that you're reading... We just finished the Goku. My Hero arc, Academia. Right? It's still good. Now, <laughs> okay. Um, what else? I will say <laughs> something that is important because Brian's going to touch on it just too. The three of us, for those who are listening, Tyler, Brian, and I have picked a, a, a game that we want to all play together, and that game is No Man's Sky. We did an initial test run yesterday, uh, and me and my roommate ended up playing for almost twelve hours. So, um, what so time did you go to bed? It. What time did you go to bed? I went to bed one, at midnight. We went to bed at like one. 130. One. Yeah. Two. Three. No, it was four. one. It was one to one. Th- I mean, he, he went to bed at one, and then I turned on a TV show so I could eat some Cheerios. Dude, you're a psycho, bro. I woke up exhausted this morning. I don't, I, I can't do those all nighters. Midnight was rough for me, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> to play some today. Yeah. Around um, football, obviously. No Man's Sky, which apparently expanded its uh, multiplayer. So you guys are saying that it... I was going to ask you guys about this off-pod, but I guess we'll just do it on recording. Uh, that is it actually fun? It's and awesome. doable as like a multiplayer? Yep. It's awesome. Cool. And we well, played together want, the whole time. I want it to be on record that this was my recommendation. Um, so, yeah. Someone... If any of our fan are keeping... Um, <laughs> keeping a list of Tyler's recommendations that the, the other brothers liked um, to put that one on the checklist there on the spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, By the way, it's so I'm a big fan of just space in general. And so I've always wanted to have a, a great space game to play to, you know, get to explore the stars. And I was into elite dangerous for a while, begging Jeff to get more into it than he was. And 
honestly, this game is Elite Dangerous with all the stuff that Elite Dangerous is missing. Like, Elite Dangerous, the worlds are empty. You can't leave your, your, your vessels. Um, the combat sucked. Like, it literally was just uh, sail amongst the stars and look at suns up close and, and or, you know, stars up close and look at planets. You couldn't land on water worlds. You could only land on ones with no water. This one, we land on the coastline with this fat ocean and I jumped straight into the water and was, like, swimming around with fish and finding resources under the water and, like, the combat. We were having a blast doing the combat and making a bunch of money off it. Like. Yep. You the, could build houses, like it not was only super not only cool, build man. houses, but really like excavate. You could build. You can literally just terraform. With. Every planet is totally different. The yeah. only life you meet in Elite Dangerous is yeah. And I'm shitting on them a little bit because they bailed on their PlayStation users. But um, the only uh, life forms you meet are these this mysterious alien race called the Thargoids, and all they'll do is attack you or leave you alone. In this one, you're like every planet you land on has plant life and and different kinds of animals that you can yeah. research and study and like there's just for anybody cool who doesn't know about no man's sky and is interested uh it was a game that when it was first brought out at um what is that games conference jeff e3 or e3 yeah no it was e3 it was like the most ambitious game in and like this is like 2013 i tracked it for three or four years and then it, when it released, it w- did not live up to the hype. But the hype was essentially, it's a endless universe where every single, um, every single uh, planet or anything that you land on is like automatically generated, uh, procedurally generated by the the by the server, basically. And so every world you land on will have similarities and similar animals, but they'll have different sort of components and stuff that you have to learn about and you get to build and you can just go on forever and it was just supposed to be this endless universe and then when it released it was sort of that but the functionality was sort of like exactly what brian's talking about with elite Dan- dangerous is like you go and you do this but to what end what was the purpose of it all i played it for i don't know a couple months and then just got really bored with it and put it down and got rid of it eventually but i will shout out to hello games for sticking to it and releasing three major updates over the last five years, um, five to seven years, um, and making it a game that now is worth the time because I'm glad that you guys are liking it and reading the reviews online. People are like, oh no, now this game is like awesome. actually like a really great game. Yeah, let me, super fun with so, the multiplayer too. Let me tell you this. So another game just like No Man's Sky launched around the same time <clears throat> is a game called Star Citizen. This one's in development hell. It's actually kind of an entertaining story. So just very, very briefly, uh, Star Citizen was a crowdfunded space game, basically identical to the one that we're playing, that launched the crowdfunding start in 2012. They raised about $2 million, No. Uh, they raised about $2 million uh, within that, that two-year period when that was their stretch goal. The owner of the, the, the freelancing um, of, the, of the studio came out in 2014 and said, by the end of this year, Everyone who invested in us will have everything that they want and more. It is now eight years later. They have raised almost half a billion dollars, and the game is still unfinished. It is wow. there is a beta out there that you can go out and play, but like all of the things that they've been promising, like they're still not able to release a finished product. That's the one where you have to like actually buy the good ships for like fifty bucks in real world money, right? Something like that. I I've never actually played like, it or really looked into it. People actually buy their stuff. I might even be lowballing how much they cost, but I follow the uh, the subreddit for that just because it was intriguing, um, and the graphics look incredible. However, my understanding is you have to have a pretty strong 
you know, computer or whatever to even play yeah, it properly. 100%. But like, No Man's Sky offers everything that I would hope for from a space game. Um, the founder, all the founder is also right. refusing to issue refunds. So every yeah, single, every single Star Citizen being an unfinished game that just sounds like a complete waste of time. Like I, No Man's Sky, it feels like there's just so much playability and and fun to be had, and there's storylines and stuff that we can go do. I, I'm I'm super happy with it so far. I think we're gonna have a great time playing. High high recommend. Hundred percent. Do you have any others on your on your recommendations? No. Or your clever. List? Uh, no. Tyler, sorry. I'm gonna throw. Picture. I'm gonna throw mine in. If the, oh, Tyler, were you were you going? Sorry. No, Brian. Okay. Jump in there. Um, House of Hammer on Amazon Prime. Mm. Anyone heard about this yet? Yeah, the Army Hammer documentary. Have you watched it? No. It is. It is. I heard it's pretty harrowing. Chilling, yeah, Yeah. chilling. Very good. Uh, Looks at four generations going back to Army's great grandfather Armand Hammer, who was a billionaire uh, oil company owner. Um, And it's just about each generation of the Hammers. Basically, scandal broke out when COVID first hit. uh, That Army Hammer was a sexual abuser. And, light cannibal <laughs> and potential cannibal um there was all these dms from army that were surfacing from multiple women that weren't his wife about you know about him wanting to engage in, in uh kinks sexual kinks that were far beyond bdsm and um and he was even having some me- or messages surface that were directly you know speaking to him being turned on by the thought of cannibalism, which is just dark as shit. But anyway, as the situation unfolded, <laughs> internet sleuthers... Sorry, do you have something? <laughs> That's just... It's such a weird thing to have, oh. <laughs> to have happened. Oh. I just... Yeah, I still am not over... Like, when up. all that shit Super first came up. out, I was just like, what the fuck Yeah, I didn't even follow now? it because it was so, like, hard to understand what was really going on. Yeah, but, I just trying to read about it. I was just like, what is this? Yeah. Like, what is going so on? So, the documentary does a really good job of kind of shedding more understanding on the situation. And His family crazy. line is crazy. Didn't it's he, deep. like, yeah, his dad kill somebody, like, in his, his house or something his like that? His grandfather shot a man in cold blood, and then his great-grandfather paid off the, like, the Over, like, gambling judge. debts or something, right? Yeah, he owed him, like, 400 bucks, and he was rich, and he, was, he still killed the guy. It was just yeah. crazy, like, uh, but, but Every basically... Every single one of them has been, like, in some form of controversy that got swept under the rug. Dark controversies, I, uh, like, sexual, sexual controversies, right. you know, violent controversies. Well, and aren't they... Illegal, Arm and Hammer? Isn't that his family? Uh, oh, I don't know about that. No, they're Occidental Occidental Oil. I don't. They, they've. No, I don't think that's them. I could okay. be wrong. I could be wrong. But anyway, um, his name is Armand Hammer, which yeah, is Arm and Hammer. I so believe I that. Anyway, keep going. I don't know, but they they haven't mentioned that company at all. They've only talked about Occidental Oil. But anyway, it goes back through four generations in his family of the men. Just being men in power with tons of wealth that just exploited it for like these six sexual fantasies and getting away with illegal activities. And now, you know, you look at, you know, army situation through that lens and you realize like, oh, no shit. You're wait, like, no, wait, no wait. shit he did that. I just Googled it. So um, Armand Hammer was asked so often about his association with Arm and Hammer, which he was not yeah. a part of. 
that through Occidental Petroleum, he acquired enough stock that he could join the board of directors and remained one of the owners of Arm & Hammer until his death. But he was not associated with Armand it previously. Hammer did that? Yeah, because he wanted to be associated with it because it's literally his name, but he it's not just, his brand. He wanted to just be like, yeah, yeah, I am a part of that. <laughs> that's so funny to me. <laughs> that's that's money you can't you can't compete with. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was like, that's fuck you money. He's you know, just like, oh, I'm that just brand gonna... has like a similar name to my name. I'm going to buy enough stock that I can be one of the owners. Yeah, I'm just going to put myself on that board so I can just say yes whenever someone asks me that question because I'm getting annoyed. Exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, crazy documentary. Uh, the other one that we watched, um, Monster, the the Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer mm, okay. story. This is the only one that I was going to bring up. Do you want to talk about it? I'm only three episodes in. So. Uh, I'll say we watched uh, one episode and we've turned it off because it was dark. It was putting us in a weird headspace and we just didn't want to watch it anymore. Dude, it Evan is. Evan Peters did a great job and it is chilling. And the I'm very well versed in the Jeffrey Dahmer story. And uh, I don't think we have any interest in continuing. Not because it's low quality, but because it's just dark. No, it is very high quality and very disturbing. Yeah. And honestly, the next few episodes aren't quite as dark, but they are just as upsetting because it, it delves into like his early life and like his childhood and how like he was already like a very troubled person. And then he got put into like really bad situations that just sort of exacerbated his mental issues, which is pretty well known and well documented because he was pretty open once he was on death row yeah, he about he like his life. Put down, yeah. Yeah, um, he was very open about, like, his life and, like, his experiences and his thought processes that led to this. And, like, if you ever read the tapes or have read any of – or, excuse me, listened to the, the recordings of his interviews or read any of the tapes uh, – sorry, the transcripts or any of the books about him, really does – his childhood is very well documented. And this is probably I, – I don't know. It is very well done. Uh, Evan Peters is absolutely crushing it. But, yeah, it is very – very dark it is one of the darkest shows i've probably ever seen it's like a very deep dive into like mentality of a psychopath um serial killer it is very heavy um but if you're into that kind of stuff um you can watch it <laughs> on netflix for free i think it's well, gonna get netflix i Jeff genuinely think that Evan Peters is going to get an emmy for it because he, he deserves is, it man i was i could not even remember i just watched x-men Days of Future it Past, is. and I was like forgetting that it was him. Like he did a really physical good job. transformation wise. Uh, he looks like a completely different person. I don't think he quite looks like Jeffrey Dahmer, but you can tell that that's what they're going for. Um, but just yeah, like this performance is so different from anything that we've seen him do, and it, and he really sells this person who is very very disturbed. Um, and his drunk acting is some of the. Uh, some of the best drunk acting I've ever seen is very understated and subtle. And I was like, oh, he's actually, that's actually what someone who's drunk, but, uh, you know, kind of holding their shit together seems like. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, it's very good. But yes, be, be forewarned. This is a dark, dark, dark show. Probably one of the darkest uh, TV shows I've ever seen. Um, okay, cool. Does anyone else have anything that they want to talk about Dahmer was my one thing that I've watched this week that's it for me cool do we want to quickly touch in on Rings of Power and House of the Dragon how are we I haven't, feeling I haven't watched works? this week's episode of Rings of Power okay yeah. well uh, the only thing I'll say vagities is, oh. there yeah the only thing I'll say is uh, I am much 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 higher on Rings of Power than House of the Dragon right now House of the Dragon I'm just ready for some dragon battles I that's all I gotta say so 
I will say I read Matt Smith said the the massive time jumps are done. They're done doing like the huge time jumps in the series and it's going to start to level out. That's been the thing that's been bothering me the most is that they've been doing such significant time dumps that I just don't feel like I really give a shit about any character. Like I was telling Brian earlier this week, the original Game of Thrones series, any char- felt like any character could die at any moment and you really cared no matter which, even if it was a bad person that you wanted to die or a good person that you didn't want to die, you cared that someone died. This one, anyone could die and I wouldn't give a fuck at all. Like, even this far into the season, I'm like, I don't kill Damon, kill the main character chick whose name I can't, Rhaenyra, kill Kristen Cole. I don't care. Like, I just don't, I don't really from, like feel myself latching on to any of the characters per se. Uh, whereas Rings of Power, I'm really, really enjoying. So... I don't know, Jeff. Do you have thoughts there? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I have touched on this a couple different times. I just think that they're not really in the same class. I, I really think that um, House of Dragons isn't very, even just generally interesting of a show, let alone in comparison to Rings of Power. There's no setting changes that we're seeing here. Like ninety percent of the show is happening inside King's Landing. It's happening inside Grey Castle walls or inside tents. It is the same lighting the same imagery over and over and over again and it's kind of hard to watch um it is like i said at the very beginning um just more game of thrones which at the moment was positive but now is boring because it's honestly just more of the boring parts of game of thrones I'm, i'm not necessarily enjoying um what i'm watching each week uh like the three things that I'm watching episodically are Rings of Power, which uh, I haven't caught up yet, but um, that one, House of Dragons, and then Rick and Morty, and I can tell you that House of Dragons is the one I look forward, least look forward to the least between the three of them. Wow. All right. Well, with that being said, oh, quickly, did you guys catch up on Andor? Did you guys watch the first three episodes of it? No. On Disney Plus. Brian. I did. Didn't grab me. Right. I'll probably just keep watching it, just you know, because it's Star Wars. But uh, you know, that it's kind of so kind of mess so far. I re I at the end of that third episode, I was like, I'm fully on board. I'm really loving this. So I don't know. I'm interested to see when all of this wraps up. Are we gonna have to do like one massive episode where we talk about all three series, <laughs> or because I think they're all gonna wrap up at about the same, like pretty much the same week or something. So. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, we will touch base back on those at a later date. Otherwise, I'm going to say, oh, Brian, what are we watching for next week? We are watching Willow on Disney+. Plus. We're going to go okay. watch Mad Mardigan in the flesh. Um, especially timely because they're making that new Willow show or made it. I don't, I don't yeah, know. they made it. That, tra- that trailer, I was like, damn, is Willow this cool? I really don't remember this movie being that cool, but... The, the trailer looked awesome, so I'm excited to uh, to get back into it and and uh, give it another shot because I have not seen that movie since I was really young. But um, yeah, excited to watch Willow. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys all next week with Ron Howard's Willow. Bye, guys. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids podcast. If you want more from us. 
Be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.